That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Tuesday, March 22nd, 2022. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, when it rains, it pours cybersecurity news. The White House warns that Russian hacks may be incoming. Lapsus has now allegedly hit Okta and Microsoft. A big alleged hack to HubSpot might hurt a bunch of crypto companies. And why does that Apple Studio display have 64 gigabytes of storage it's mostly not using? Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. One of the surprises so far with the Russia-Ukraine war has been the relative lack of cyber warfare. This is not to say that there's been none of it. It's just that thus far, it seems to have largely been limited to within the theater of war generally. The fear has always been that if things don't go the Russians' way, they could lash out globally, and that simply hasn't happened yet. Yesterday, the White House put out a statement again warning that Russia may expand cyber attacks against the U.S., citing, quote, evolving intelligence that the Russian government is exploring options, quoting from the statement from President Biden. I have previously warned about the potential that Russia could conduct malicious cyber activity against the United States, including as a response to the unprecedented economic costs we've imposed on Russia alongside our allies and partners. It's part of Russia's playbook. Today, my administration is reiterating those warnings based on evolving intelligence that the Russian government is exploring options for potential cyber attacks. If you have not already done so, I urge our private sector partners to harden your cyber defenses immediately by implementing the best practices we have developed together over the last year, end quote. And quoting from VentureBeat. As we are nearly a month into Russia's assault on Ukraine, this raises the question, why now? And are such attacks potentially coming as a response to sanctions against Russia over Ukraine or something more? Cybersecurity industry veteran Mike Hamilton thinks it's likely to be the latter. And that something more, he says, could be the hacking efforts by volunteers such as the anonymous hacktivist group. Part of this may be driven by the pretext that has been provided by an army of volunteers, said Hamilton, founder and CISO at security firm Critical Insight, and formerly the vice chair for the DHS State, Local, Tribal, and Territorial Government Coordinating Council. After Anonymous has gone after pipelines, the Russian Space Agency, electric vehicle charging stations, broadcast television, and unsecured printers, it is credible to claim that this is an aggressive action by the United States and retaliation may be under consideration, Hamilton said in comments provided via email. Cyber experts, however, have also been suggesting for weeks that there's a risk of Russia misattributing or otherwise holding the U.S. responsible for the cyber attacks that hacktivists and other Ukraine-supporting hackers have been carrying out against Russia. It's difficult, if not impossible, to quickly determine where an attack came from or who was behind the attack, said John Dixon, vice president at Coal Fire, in a previous email to VentureBeat. Things can get messy quickly, and the risk of hack-back cyber attacks from the Russians directed toward the U.S. and West becomes more likely, end quote. With Biden's statement today, that likelihood seems to now be higher. The language in the announcement by the White House is beginning to edge up on specific incredible threats, Hamilton said, though he says it's notable that the statement does cite evolving intelligence, end quote. Quoting Nicole Perlroth on Twitter, Shields up. 
Until now, you've been told to prepare, despite there being no credible threats of cyber attacks to the U.S. Now, evolving intelligence suggests Russia is exploring options for potential cyber attacks. Don't panic. Prepare right now. End quote. It's another one of those days, I guess, where we're getting all the cybersecurity stories at once. And the last time that happened was, I believe, also the day we first heard about Lapsus. They were the folks that allegedly hacked deeply into NVIDIA systems and also allegedly leaked source code from Samsung. Well, hear about them again with two big possible stories today. First, Okta says it is investigating reports of a breach after Lapsus posted screenshots of alleged internal systems. The Okta CEO says it's likely related to a January incident, but still, quoting The Verge, Okta, an authentication company used by thousands of organizations around the world, says it's investigating news of a potential breach, Reuters reports. The disclosure comes as hacking group Lapsus has posted screenshots to its Telegram channel claiming to be of Okta's internal systems, including one that appears to show Okta's Slack channels and another with a Cloudflare interface. Any hack of Okta could have major ramifications for the companies, universities, and government agencies that depend upon Okta to authenticate user access to internal systems. Writing in its Telegram channel, Lapsus claims to have had super user slash admin access to Okta systems for two months, but said its focus was, quote, only on Okta customers, end quote. The Wall Street Journal notes that in a recent filing, Okta said it had over 15,000 customers around the world. It lists the likes of Peloton, Sonos, T-Mobile, and the FCC as customers on its website. In a statement sent to The Verge, Okta spokesperson Chris Hollis downplayed the incident and said Okta has not found evidence of an ongoing attack. Quote, in late January 2022, Okta detected an attempt to compromise the account of a third-party customer support engineer working for one of our sub-processors. The matter was investigated and contained by the subprocessor, Hollis said. We believe the screenshots shared online are connected to this January event. Based on our investigation to date, there is no evidence of ongoing malicious activity beyond the activity detected in January, Hollis continued. However, writing in their Telegram channel, Lapsus suggested that it had access for a few months, end quote. So Okta potentially being breached would be a big enough story on its own, since everyone from FedEx to hospitals use them to authenticate their users. But get this at the same time. The Lapsus Group has also released around 37 gigabytes of alleged source code from Microsoft, covering Bing, Cortana, other Microsoft services. Microsoft says it is investigating, quoting Bleeping Computer. Early Sunday morning, the Lapsus gang posted a screenshot to their Telegram channel indicating that they hacked Microsoft's Azure DevOps server containing source code for Bing, Cortana, and various other internal projects. Monday night, the hacking group posted a torrent for a 9-gigabyte 7-zip archive containing the source code of over 250 projects that they say belong to Microsoft. When posting the torrent, Lapsus said it contained 90% of the source code for Bing and approximately 45% of the code for Bing Maps and Cortana. Even though they say only some of the source code was leaked, Bleeping Computer is told that the uncompressed archive contains approximately 37 gigabytes of source code allegedly belonging to Microsoft. 
Security researchers who have pored over the leaked files told Bleeping Computer that they appear to be legitimate internal source code from Microsoft. Furthermore, we are told that some of the leaked projects contain emails and documentation that were clearly used internally by Microsoft engineers to publish mobile apps. The projects appear to be for web-based infrastructure, websites, or mobile apps with no source code for Microsoft desktop software released, including Windows, Windows Server, and Microsoft Office. When we contacted Microsoft about tonight's source code leak, they continued to tell Bleeping Computer that they are aware of the claims and are investigating, end quote. And another one, because it's just one of those days. Third-party vendor HubSpot says it was hacked, leading to customer data breach notifications to its customers at Circle, BlockFi, Pantera Capital, NYDIG, and other crypto firms. As friend of the show, Jeff John Roberts tweeted, quote, A very Web 2.0 moment for Web 3. A vendor's poor cybersecurity means a hacker now has buckets of crypto customer info, end quote. Quoting from the site Jeff is the executive editor of, Decrypt, In emails to clients, the companies revealed that HubSpot, a marketing and sales platform, had informed them that a hacker had gained access to the personal data of their customers. Pantera uses HubSpot as a client relationship management platform. The information that may have been accessed includes first and last names, email addresses, mailing addresses, phone numbers, and regulatory classifications wrote Pantera Capital. Pantera added that its internal systems were not affected by the incident and that the hacker didn't gain access to any social security numbers or government IDs provided by customers. In a weekend blog post, HubSpot described the attack as a, quote, targeted incident focused on customers in the cryptocurrency industry and that a bad actor had compromised an employee's account. HubSpot added that Data was exported from fewer than 30 HubSpot portals, but didn't provide a list of which clients' accounts had been compromised. The identities of some of the affected companies have instead been made known as a result of the firms themselves alerting their customers, a common practice intended to both warn those customers and to reduce legal exposure from such incidents, some of which result in class action suits and some of which result in fines from regulators like the Federal Trade Commission. The full extent of the hack is so far unclear, in part because HubSpot hasn't disclosed how much data was stolen. But given that the likes of BlockFi and Circle alone have millions of customers, it's possible the hack was major, end quote. Let's be real for a minute. Most guys would wear a t-shirt every day of their lives if they could. The problem is that most t-shirts are not acceptable to wear at work or out on a hot date night. But today's sponsor, Cuts, has finally changed that. Cuts t-shirts are such high-quality, wrinkle-free, and so buttery soft that you can look like you're dressing up even when you're dressing down. Yeah, you heard that. Wrinkle-free. You never have to substitute comfort for fashion ever again. If you see me in a t-shirt, it's likely one from Cuts. I'm also a huge fan of their AO5 pocket pants, the right sort of step up from jeans without going all the way into dress pants, like literally my ideal Venn diagram of professional looking but comfortable feeling. When you touch something from Cuts, you can immediately feel the quality. Their proprietary fabric blends are ridiculously soft and breathable, they don't wrinkle, and they look way more expensive than they actually are. For a limited time, our listeners get 20% off your entire order when you use code RIDE at checkout. That's 20% off your order at CutsClothing.com with promo code RIDE. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Experience the perfect blend of style and comfort with Cuts Clothing. CutsClothing.com, promo code RIDE for 20% off. 
When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID, and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation, where they check user identity. But user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months, or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Octa-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com/ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's k o l i d e dot com slash ride collide dot com slash ride. Alphabet has revealed it is planning to spin off its quantum tech group, known as Sandbox, and led by founder Jack Hideri. Quoting CNBC. Alphabet has been relatively quiet about Sandbox, which was launched in 2016 by Jack Hideri. It operated as a separate group outside of Alphabet's well-known Moonshots division, X, which has spun off a handful of its companies into its other bets segment. Hideri will remain as CEO of Sandbox AQ. The company, which has already gained a number of high-profile investors and clients, is pursuing enterprise software that at least partially uses quantum technology. Based in Palo Alto, California, the company has 55 employees. Investors include former Google CEO Eric Schmidt, Briar Capital, Salesforce Chief Mark Benioffs, Time Ventures, and T. Rowe Price. Schmidt is taking over as chairman of the board, the company said in its release. Customers include SoftBank Mobile, Vodafone, and New York's Mount Sinai Health System, Sandbox said, end quote. A developer has found that Apple's studio display has 64 gigabytes of onboard storage, but only uses 2 gigabytes of it. The full 64 gigabytes might be related to the fact that the studio display has an A13 Bionic chip inside it. As John Gruber says, basically, this is an iPad 9 inside a display, quoting Mac Rumors. As highlighted by developer Kaus Tayan on Twitter, the studio display uses only 2 gigabytes of its 64 gigabytes of internal storage. Some free space is likely needed for firmware updates, but the 62 gigabytes of unused space is seemingly otherwise useless at the current time. Apple has not confirmed the quantity of the studio display's internal storage in its technical specifications. The discovery may be unsurprising given that the studio display contains an A13 Bionic chip. The A13 Bionic was introduced with the iPhone 11 lineup, in 2019, before being offered in the second-generation iPhone SE and the ninth-generation iPad. None of these devices have ever been available in any storage configuration below 64 gigabytes, which may suggest that smaller quantities of storage are incompatible with the A13's storage controller. Economies of scale may also be responsible, with production costs for pairing the A13 with a smaller amount of storage potentially costing more than the same 64GB system currently used in the iPhone 11 that is still on sale and the 9th generation iPad. 
The finding means that overall, the studio display contains the exact same 2.65 GHz A13 Bionic chip, 12 megapixel ultra-wide front-facing camera setup with center stage, and 64 GB base configuration of storage as the ninth generation iPad. It is also now clear that the studio display has better specifications than the second-generation Apple TV 4K, which sports an A12 Bionic chip and a base storage configuration of just 32 gigabytes. Last week, it emerged that the studio display runs the full version of iOS 15.4 with the exact same build used by the iPhone and iPad, meaning that updates to the display's functionality will come as part of iOS updates." End quote. Finally today, Roku has announced OS 11, which is rolling out in the coming weeks, and contains custom screensavers, a curated what-to-watch hub, and expanded voice keyboard support. The headline here is that you can put your own photos on the screensaver now, which, I mean, how is that something they're just getting around to doing now? Quoting The Verge. Firstly, when Roku OS 11 rolls out to users in the weeks ahead, they'll be able to change their screensaver to display their own photography or images with photo streams. Not only will photo streams allow users to display photos from their desktop or mobile device on Roku, but users will also be able to share streams with other Roku device owners as well. Once a stream is shared, other Roku owners will be able to add to it, allowing everyone to collaborate on a shared album. Roku OS 11 will also introduce a new What to Watch on Roku menu, a personally curated hub added to the home screen menu that will suggest popular and recently released TV and movies. Roku is rolling out a handful of other features as well. Voice-enabled keyboards, already supported on Roku, will be available in Spanish, German, and Portuguese with the OS 11 update in the U.S. and other supported markets. And Roku's mobile app will display additional information about TV shows and movies, including more details about where to stream them for free or through existing paid accounts and images of cast and crew attached to a given title. Lastly, Roku is introducing both a new automatic speech clarity setting for clearer dialogue as well as new sound modes for Roku stream bars and speakers. Those sound settings include standard, dialogue, movie, music, and night modes, end quote. Right. Because it's not that you're getting old and your hearing is just increasingly getting bad. It's that they've increasingly made movies hard to hear. Yeah, that's it. I woke up this morning at 2 a.m. and never fell back to sleep. Ask me anything. Actually, number one, shout out to the bird that started chirping at 3.15 a.m. Early bird something something. But I mean, come on. That's really kind of jumping the gun, isn't it? And number two, do you wear an Apple Watch while sleeping? Do you use the watch vibration alarm to wake up? I've long suspected that like a minute or five minutes or so before your alarm is set to go off, the watch will give you a short little vibration nudge, I assume, to help gently kick you out of REM so you have an easier time waking up. And I could swear this morning I felt the kick about a minute before the alarm, but I can't be sure. You know how you get phantom vibrations in your pocket where you think your phone is buzzing, but it's not. So maybe this was a phantom sensation as well because I was waiting to see if it would happen. And my Googling around to see if this indeed is a feature was inconclusive. So 
Anyone else suspect something similar or have proof that the watch does indeed do this? If so, cool. That seems like a sensible feature. Or else I'm just imagining it and it's a feature they should consider. Talk to you tomorrow.